Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we ask just how good are the Jets after their blowout win over the Stars, plus a look around the NHL and some chip talk. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Well, I'd say we made a pretty damn good decision to push the recording from Monday to Tuesday. Hot damn! Super duper! Neato gang! What a performance by the Jets! Absolutely laying the wood to the division rival stars 5-1. to one. The battle for the top of the Central Division is complete. There is a clear victor and maybe a statement was made to the rest of the NHL as well. Perhaps that things are changing out here in Winnipeg for the better. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki is here with us once again. How are we doing tonight, Brosev? Oh, fantastic. Just fantastic. What a, I mean, what a game that was by the Jets. I mean, what a wagon. We got a wagon on our hands. <laughs> a wagon, a unit, a train. Like It's, man, I mean, just looking back quickly, the Blues game was an impressive performance, although the goal total didn't necessarily suggest it. I mean, you had the game against Chicago on Saturday, but it's Chicago, so you're like, oh, it's good, but it should be good. But my God, this was just... I don't even think it's best performance of the year. This might be the best this team has played in two, three, four years. I mean, it, it was just electric. It was like watching a game back in 2012 at Bell MTS Plays. Is it? It's Canada Life Center right now. I mean, it was it was a blast. It was a great game, and and thankfully the Jets were rewarded with their extremely strong play, which started literally from the opening faceoff right to the final whistle. So everybody's doing good. That, that, that's clear. We got that off our chest right off the bat. And we'll talk about the the game specifically in a little bit. But to me, the, the main talking point isn't necessarily the game itself. Because it, it was pretty cut and dry. The Jets curb stomped Dallas. They, they, it, it looked like NHL versus AHL. I, I mean, I was shocked at how, how overwhelmed the Stars looked by the relentless pressure of the Winnipeg Jets in this one. So, like, there's almost not a lot to break down about the game itself, but we'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode. 
but I touched on it in the open there, Tice. We <laughs> we got to ask ourselves the question about a month into the regular season here. How good is this team? Like, how for real is this? Like, do do we do we dive headfirst into this eight three and one start? Do we still have a little bit of trepidation? It's, I mean, after a game like that, it's going to be hard to pull the reins back. There's there's no doubt about that. But I'm I'm very curious as to where you stand with this Winnipeg Jets team compared to the rest of the NHL, compared to the rest of the Western Conference right now. Is is this like you know not ton in cheek? A wagon that we're dealing with, or is do we do we have a legitimately good team at our hands as opposed to question marks early on in the year? We were we kind of touched on it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, actually. They, just before the Montreal game, we talked about how this stretch coming up, this Montreal, Chicago, Dallas stretch was going to be a really big telling point coming into the season. And we both had our, our concerns, especially against Montreal and Chicago teams where the Jets would sometimes they played down to their level of competition. Not these last couple of games. I mean, they've been smo- they've been just absolutely smoking. And I don't know how you can't say that this isn't a top four team in the West right now. I mean, I really believe that. I think that this team is a top four team in the Western Conference. And, you know, it, it, it's starting to get exciting because you're already thinking about guys who maybe could fit on this team. There's some guy, There's some teams that are struggling, guys that are on expiring contracts. Maybe Jets can take a swing at them. I, were, I think- were you looking at deadline rentals too? Oh yeah, <laughs> I've already I've got like a 10, 10 player list already, just waiting to waiting for the I'm sending in it to Chevy in a couple of weeks. But uh, that a lot to be excited about as a Jets fan right now. That's so funny. It, it was during that second period onslaught where I was like, okay, so we got the first round pick. We've got a few prospects. Like maybe maybe we could unload some of our our asset pool here and maybe make a real run at this thing. But it's it is hard not to get swept up in it right now and and capped off with that just dominant dominant showing against you know i mean you wouldn't have known it prior to the or you know watching that game but really one of the most impressive teams of the nhl so far this season in the dallas stars now you know going into the year going into game one you predicted the jets would essentially squeak into the playoffs one of the wildcard teams i said they would squeak out of the playoffs finding themselves somewhere on the bubble 12 games into the year. I think I got to change my prediction. <laughs> I, I I think we're looking at a, a should I, should, I'll, we're looking at a playoff lock right now in Winnipeg. I, I really think that I, I, I don't know. And this might sound dumb, you know, a few weeks from now, but I, I don't know. It, it just, it feels different around this club right now. I, I mean, and it really comes down to the man behind the bench, especially over the last few games. Rick Bonus has just done a complete 180 with this group. It just if if you've watched the majority of games last year and the 12 games this year, I didn't think he could do it, which is why I picked him to miss the playoffs. But he has done it. It's it's a completely different team with the same group of players. The Jets they they wanted to go the Flames route from last year, and and so far, so absolutely good on that part. I, I just didn't think it would happen, but it has so far because Rick Bonus has this team playing a completely different style of hockey. They are defensively responsible. They back check just as hard as they forecheck, which is a sentence I didn't think I would ever utter with this group of players ever again. Key guys are, are playing at the peak of their powers right now, and especially over the last week or so, 
they don't need to rely on Connor Hellebuck to be a god in between the nets. And he still has been. Like that that's when things get exciting here because you know you have that safety net behind you. If you just deliver solid to good to really good play in front of them, you're gonna be an absolute handful for the rest of this league. And and they've they've just really passed with flying colors so far, specifically in this last few stretch of games. And you know, you you said top four in the West. That's kind of where you place them right now, something like that. Yeah, I, I might have to agree with you, man. I mean, for for me, how good they are, I, I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they're the, the best team in the division. Um, are they one of the two, three best teams in the conference? I would, I would still say no. To me, even with the slow start, Colorado, no doubt about it, the best team in the West, probably the best team in hockey. I think you definitely have to put Vegas ahead of the Jets right now, especially, I mean, their overall body of work and the uh, the nightmare that, that was that game in Vegas a few weeks ago. So I think everyone would agree right now, Colorado won, Vegas two in the Western Conference. What, what I would say with how good are the Jets or, and how good they might end up being is that the rest of the conference has gotten off to a really slow start. Like, there's some nightmare stars, but there's a kind of, uh, that was a little Mario there. There's a kind of a few bad stuff. There, there's some teams that just haven't gotten out of the gate on fire. And, and what that's done is it, it's given the Jets a fair amount of breathing room here. Where I think now, I think Winnipeg can be lumped in that grouping of teams behind the two elite clubs in the Western Conference. So, so maybe that is my kind of roundabout way of saying I do agree with you. Maybe they are top four team in the West right now. But... What what's really really optimistic, I think, is that you could at least consider them in the mix. Where you have Colorado, Vegas, maybe a step down, then it's like okay, Winnipeg, Dallas, you know, even Minnesota off to a slow start right now. The Alberta teams, I, I think, I think even a even a pessimist would have to say, yeah, you put the Jets in that category, and that's to me a pretty important step up from where. I and a lot of other people had them going into the season where they were maybe in that third tier below the second tier of teams just behind the elite clubs. Yeah, totally. And even we're talking tiers, the Jets are definitely in the upper echelon of that tier two. Yeah, the way I saw it. Like Jim Ursay, they're in the upper quartile of the top quartile in the first quartile of the Western Conference. The the off topic, Jim Ursay is going, he is just running the show now. And I I love it. That press conference was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But could you imagine Mark Chipman pulling something like that? <laughs> what happened last year with the with Pomo and he just yeah. came down? John Liu is the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> We're bringing him buff back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that I mean, and even the the vibes on this team, they just see so seem so much different. And shout out to the Jets social media team. I mean, they've been cranking out a ton of just great videos of the team and really kind of show, showing out showing up those personalities of the Jets players and yeah man like I think that this team just the way they've kind of gelled they've already established an identity and we've seen that a lot of teams really struggle to establish a de- an identity early we've on see, we've seen this Jets team right the same group of players struggle to develop a positive identity which again is why I was so hesitant coming into the year to to jump all in on them and they've done that. And, and to your point too you know, Mike McIntyre had that article in the free press detailing the, uh, I'll paraphrase here, but essentially like the code of conduct or this is what it means to be 
a Winnipeg Jet and kind of outline the culture that they want to create there. And it's plastered in the locker room. It's plastered all over the place. And it's it's little things like that where you're like, hey, that that, that makes a difference here, right? You have a guy and Rick Bonus come in who's clearly, I don't want to say a player's coach necessarily. I feel like that term sucks anyways. But he's a really good communicator. Like he's he's very, even though he's old school, aka old, he's he's pretty modern in terms of how he relates and and talks to his players. Where it's it's not you do this because I say so. It's here's why I want you to do this. Let me know what you think. Let's kind of work together on this. And once I explain it, then we get the point across, and we can kind of go from there. That that I mean it. You could feel it in training camp and it kind of built and built. And then as this team went through a little bit of a speed bump early on with bonus, I think, you know, not coincidentally away from the bench, you had those concerns creep back in. But now that he's back behind the helm, you heard it during the game as well. Like he's barking. He's talking the whole time. Like the coaches are nonstop. Co- like it's, it's just, it, it is it's a completely different team out there on the ice, but I think it's a completely different team off the ice right now as well in the most positive way. Yeah. And the athletic did a, just a great piece too on, on bones and just yeah. the, kind of, the kind of person he is kind of coach that he is. And a lot of people forget that he was extremely instrumental in Victor Hedman taking that next step into becoming an elite number one defenseman. And so far throughout this season, we've seen Josh Morrissey kind of elevate his play to a borderline elite number one defenseman this year. He's got 11 assists now on the year. He's it's, it's really great to see just that communication. Like you mentioned that constant communication on the bench and the jets players just seem to really be buying in right now. It was Morrissey before bonus. And now it's Norrissey. Oh, after bonus. Hey-o. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, it's, it's all good right now. There, there's no, there, there's a few, there's a few areas. I, I don't know, areas of concern sounds a little bit harsh, but there's a few things that 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 can be shored up and and hopefully well, either by the coaching staff, the players, or maybe management to come in the next little while here. But yeah, it's it's hard not to get caught up in the hype a little bit here, especially after watching a previously red hot Dallas Stars team just get absolutely dismantled by Winnipeg on on Filipino Heritage Night by the way which you know a plus job by the Jets for nailing that one and a plus plus job on that logo my yeah. god that and Jets the logo is- too. and the, one other thing the Jets food they've upped their food game too there's some <laughs> there's some Fili- there, there, like some of the I, I think there was a Filipino sausage dog there today and man from what I heard it was just absolutely dynamite I love it I lay everything. Look what bonus even changed the culinary scene here <laughs> at Canada Life Center. What what can't he do right now? So to kind of put a bow on all of this here quickly, you know, we're I mean just about a week away from American Thanksgiving, and we all know the the famous stat with that. I think it's eighty percent of teams above the playoff line at American Thanksgiving ultimately do end up making the postseason here. You know, we're a week away from it, Tice, but after a game like that, do you want to make any playoff prediction? Any standings predictions for the Winnipeg Jets from what you've seen through 12 games so far? Well, I'll make a standings prediction and I'll also make maybe a move prediction as well. And I think the Jets are going to hold one of those top two spots in the Central for a majority of the season. And man, wouldn't it just be awesome if this team continues to struggle 
and they go into full fire sale mode. Seems like things are getting close there. Could you imagine if we see the Jets make a move for Bo Horvat as their third line center to really bolster the well? I mean, I did not see that one coming. (laughs) I I, I just there's something about the Jets in Vancouver right now where I could see them taking advantage of that situation and grabbing. I mean, Bo Horvat's off that outstanding start of the season too, so he's really up this trail trade value a ton. But wouldn't that be something special? I mean. You grab Bo Horvat and then maybe add another kind of complimentary third third winger that can that can make him some plays as well. And you roll a third line of I don't know, Bo Horvat, Sam Gagne, and whatever. Let's say let's just say Gus Nyquist from Columbus. He'd be a cheap guy to get. You'd have Columbus would have to retain some salary, but say that's your third line, and then you roll out a supercharged fourth line of pick your poison, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, and Yancis Fialbi, David Gustafson, maybe Manalainen. I mean all of a sudden, that becomes one of the deepest forward groups in the NHL, and I think that could be a real scary group to deal with. Well, that, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I, I don't really know what to say. I didn't expect Bo Horvat to the Winnipeg Jets be a part of today's episode. But it, it does kind of briefly touch on a key point here that I think a lot of us are forgetting. Jets are doing this without Nikolai Ehlers right now. Yep. A guy that you could make the case is the best forward on this team. And when he does come back, hopefully sometime soon, when he does come back, this team gets a lot more scary and things get a lot more fun. And who knows how quickly they can uh, continue this climb up the standings here. What I would say standings prediction wise, and I feel I, I, I would say I feel fairly confident about this right now is that eventually we will see Colorado turn into Colorado and they'll kind of run away and hide with the Central Division. That's not a big deal for me. But I I think we will see the Winnipeg Jets, we will see the Dallas Stars, and we will see the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, no, never mind, sorry. The Jets, the Stars, and the Minnesota Wild. I think we see those three teams battling for spots two through four in the Central Division. And I do think we see those three teams all make the playoffs. I I don't know which order yet, but... I'm gonna change my tune pretty pretty quickly here, and I, I I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty optimistic. I think Jets fans should too. That this club is uh, th- things are looking good. I didn't think they'd be able to do the Flames. I, there's a long list of teams that try to do that, and it fails miserably. But it looks like the Winnipeg Jets are gonna be the anomaly in this one. And I think we could all use uh, I think we could all use a team that's fun to cheer for and fun to watch, as opposed to some of the uh, ugh. We saw here in the city for the uh, the past two seasons. If you want to get nuts, and we're going to talk about this team, oh, you know what? I'm going to save this one. I'll I'll, I'll save it for a little bit because you threw out Bo Horvat. I'm going to one up you, being oh. the uh, the older brother that I am here. I'm going to one up you with a with a different potential rental from a team that is struggling as badly as the Canucks are. We'll get to that and, and some food talk later on as well. Uh, but before we do that. Let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because NFL Sundays are only getting better and better as we head into the second half of the year. And a big, big time bet for you guys to take advantage of coming up here the same way that you hopefully have been with the NHL season getting underway. The same bet is right there for you to take grasp and hold on to with DraftKings Sportsbook. As well as that big bet, which we'll get to in just a sec, everybody 
every single person can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Place a same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and combine multiple bets to win big time dough. Never thought I'd say this, but you could do something like Aaron Rodgers to throw two picks and Geno Smith to continue his MVP campaign with two touchdown throws. There's a tasty little profit parlay for you guys to, to run with this upcoming Sunday. And a reminder as well that DraftKings Sportsbook is your go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. And place a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. So, Tyson, let's take a quick look around the rest of the NHL because a lot has happened since we recorded our last episode and there has been some some good play there has been some some teams playing above expectations there's no doubt about that but that's not as fun as the teams that have fallen off the rails here and maybe most interesting for members of the community here would be the absolute gong show unforeseen gong show going on in St. Louis with the Blues right now culminated with an absolute embarrassing performance against our Flyers who the Jets might meet in the Stanley Cup final at this point I don't know what the hell is going on there but the Blues get dominated by the Flyers who couldn't score it but have found ways to win instead St. Louis spends half the game in their own end an embarrassing 5-1 loss to the Flyers in Philadelphia. I mean, thank God they didn't have the Cooperalls on, or they might have to move the team out of St. Louis if they would have lost that one. But eight losses in a row. Eight losses. They started the year 3-0. and Eight straight defeats. Tyson, this is supposed to be the Blues team that was right in the mix for a home playoff date after they pushed the, the Colorado freaking avalanche to six games last year and overtime in game six as well. What's going on? It, the Blues really remind me of a lot of the Jets from last year and a team that's struggling to find their identity early on in the season. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you catch that Ryan O'Reilly postgame interview today? I did not. It's, his interview tells it all. There, That that team just had a loss, loss for words right now. I mean, at the beginning of, the, of that game, and you saw Brent, Braden Shen fight Nick, Nick Sealer. Uh, Robert Bertuzzo fought Zach McEwen, and it just did nothing. Like when you see those two big fights from two veterans, two guys who are trying to push this team forward and kind of get just a little bit of juice on the ice. And after those two fights, you wouldn't have noticed anything. You wouldn't have known that they were even playing a hockey game. It just seemed like they're just going through the motions out there. And I don't know what you do. I mean, Craig Berube's got a lot of he's got a lot of pedigree there in St. Louis now. But do we see a do we see a, a a change behind the bench there. Maybe does, does Steve Ott get promoted to an interim head coach? I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? But yeah, like St. Louis is just, I don't know. They, they're they really struggling. And there's just a lot of questions with that team right now. Yeah, I mean, look, it, a lot of a lot of issues are going to happen when your starting goalie has an 886 save percentage. And he's more interested with starting beef in between periods than he is stopping a freaking puck. 
So, yeah. so maybe, maybe maybe getting Jordan Bennington back on track might go a long way. He, he doesn't get nervous. No, yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Good for him. Maybe he should start getting some nerves because <laughs> being comfortable isn't working for him right now. But, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, too. Like, normally dependable Ryan O'Reilly has one freaking point in 10 games, right? Yeah. Like, that's two of your two of your, your core pieces there basically being no-shows through – to the first eighth of the season, I, I, it's it's shot. I don't know. I don't know. I, I at some point, you know, if it goes to nine, ten games, maybe maybe you do pull the trigger. But it does. I think the St. Louis Blues have been exposed a little bit in terms of some big time issues in terms of roster composition. A blue line that you know going into the year was expensive, but average has been expensive and not good. That that's gonna lay, that that's gonna play a big part of it and. Looks like the team misses Vili Husu a lot more than a lot of people thought they would. And yeah. if I mean, right, right there, if your defense sucks and your goalie sucks, guess what? You're going to lose eight games in a row. You're going to be three and eight. Yeah, and, um, he, and even Colton Pareko, he has taken a huge dip, like a very big dip, and that's a big contract for yeah. the next couple of years. Now, I did say I was going to one up you with, with with something here because you threw Borovet as, as a potential deadline rental the Jets could go after. But, you know, the Winnipeg Jets have had success in the past, Tyson, of going after veteran centermen on the St. Louis Blues at the trade deadline when they felt their team could take a uh, a bit of a run inside the playoffs. Do you know who's a pending UFA on the Blues? I knew, I knew you were going to pick him. I, 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 that's, I almost just left them off just because I knew that you were going to say you were going to pick him. If but, you want to get nuts and you want to get excited, Jets fans, Ryan O'Reilly... Is a pending UFA going into this offseason? I don't know. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarities between the Blues when they were seemingly out of it, when Paul Stasi became available and the Jets pulled the trigger on a trade nobody saw coming at that deadline a few years ago. 2.0 with Ryan O'Reilly would be pretty tasty, is all I'm gonna say. I don't I don't expect it to happen, but the fact that it's a mere possibility is is, is pretty fun to talk about. So I could dig that. Well, even and hey, you could even throw in an Ivan Barbashev in that trade too. He's a UFA too. Boom, third line created right there, and all of a sudden, boom, Greece, boom, <laughs> we did it. We solved the Jets' problems just like that. I mean, I, I'd still. Oh man, would would you rather? Again, this is so stupid. We're doing this twelve games into the year. <laughs> would you rather make a move for Ryan O'Reilly or a, we'll say a top pair defenseman? Hmm. See, the thing that's tough is that there's not too many tie-end defensemen that are going on the market. Let's just say there is one similar to Ryan O'Reilly. Well, I mean, I I, I think you got to go D-man in that situation. If you could have two, if you could have Josh Morrissey anchor one pairing and then have whoever it may be anchor another one or toss them together and have just a steroid pairing. I mean, we've seen that teams with, very good defenses have a tendency to go further in the playoffs than teams that rely on their scoring heading into the postseason. So I think I think I would lean defenseman in that scenario, but Ryan O'Reilly is very, very hard to pass up on as well. I agree. I think I'd agree with you. But Ryan O'Reilly would be a good consolation prize. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I mean it's I think I think the Flyers are the only team in the last what 20-ish years that have lost 
Now they lost 10 games in a row and made the postseason. Uh, there's only a handful, but like the blues are, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, oh, you're, you're, you're done. You lose eight games in a row like this. It's, it's just crazy that you, you can't make the playoffs 10, 15 games into the year, but you sure as hell can miss the playoffs. And it's, it's wild to think that this stretch might've just pushed the blues completely out of the postseason for, for the time being here. And we'll, we'll see what ends up going on there. Um, but looking at the rest of the central division, I mean, it's getting pretty deep into it here, but Chicago and Arizona are, are pushovers right now. And, and Chicago, I mean, didn't look so good against the jets, but they're still hovering right there in the middle of the, of the division. You feel, you feel better about Minnesota or Nashville as, as maybe the, the next group of teams to come at the Winnipeg jets. Do you feel better about Minnesota or Nashville's chances for the rest of the season? See that's that's tough because I was big on Nashville coming into the season. Me too. And it's those two teams you're going with. Nashville, I would say, has the more proven roster construction, and they've got guys who have been there before, been in almost every situation. So I could see that I could see a bounce back there. But Minnesota is a team where they're just almost too dynamic. They have too much too much ability to take games over and to really dominate games. And having a town like Kaprizov out, out there in Minnesota, I mean, that's just something Nashville doesn't have. And Philip Forsberg, not, no knock on Philip Forsberg, but Kirill the Thrill is just on another level than, than a lot of guys in the NHL. So I think I'd have to roll with Minnesota. But uh, you can't knock Nashville's, Na- Nashville's ability to come back. And they they kind of struggled at the beginning of the season last year and kind of put together a strong middle, strong end to the yeah. season. So we could see that happen again. But I think for now I'm going to roll with Minnesota. I think if you're Minnesota and your save percentage as a team is 860 and you're 500, you're, yeah. you're, you're probably feeling pretty good about, about your team's chances. So, I, yeah, I like I said earlier, I think Minnesota is going to be right there with Dallas and Winnipeg. I'm not going to be totally surprised if Nashville is the fifth team from the Central to make the playoffs this year. They're 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 not playing too bad. They you know it's been a little too up and down for them so far. But I'm not totally sold with what's going on in their in the Pacific Division. Um, you know I, I think Calgary's going to find a way to turn it around. I think we'll see Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary as your top three there. And then it'll be between L.A. and Nashville. Are, are you buying the Kraken right now, Tice? Seven four and two. Oh, I don't know. I mean that's I, I we we talked about them early, like in our season predictions that I did. I really like. Seattle's forward group coming in. The goaltending was a question mark. It's Grubauer's hurt again. I mean, that can only Martin Jones is off to a decent start this year, but I mean that can only last for so long. So I'm not I'm not sold on the crack. And it's a nice story to start the season. You know, maybe Shane Wright can uh crack crack the lineup for a couple of games. Yeah, don't but, get your hopes up on that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not I'm not buying the crack in this early. We know Dave Haxtall. Um <laughs> don't don't expect Shane Wright to uh, burn a year of his entry level contract. Let's just say that I'm I'm not in on the Kraken either just yet, but a decent start to the year for them, no doubt. Now you, I I wasn't planning on talking about this, but you want to something about the Canucks? Did you yeah. want to mention something about the Canucks? Yeah, also a dumpster fire, an absolute That's dumpster fair. fire. I, mean, I I some of the quotes that came out of there today with Jim Rutherford just ripping the team, ripping the team, ripping the coaching staff, and then Boudreaux coming out and saying. Look, I, for my players, I just want to keep the outside noise to a minimum. That's that's not outside noise. That's literally noise coming from upstairs. It's like, coming from inside the house. It's literally like your dad is yelling at you. That That is what that noise is. And 
I just really don't see how, I mean, they got a, they got a big win against Ottawa, but Ottawa has been leaky, super leaky this year. And yeah, I just, like we mentioned, the vibes in Winnipeg are, have been awesome. The vibes in Vancouver are way down. <laughs> They're very down right now. Well, and the, so the, just quickly on Vancouver, this is the thing. If it, it, Clearly, management is not big on supporting Bruce Boudreaux. So can him before the season. Like, if yeah. you don't want him to be your coach, don't have him come back and be your coach, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm always blown away by ownership and management groups that will bring back a guy just for the sake of doing it. If, if you don't believe in him, then d- it does nobody any good to have him come back here. And right now, Bruce Boudreaux's cardinal sin is not making crappy defensemen good defensemen and not getting Thatcher Demko to make a save. Yeah. That, like, that's it. What, what is he supposed to <laughs> Like, you look at the roster. They've got – they're really good up front. Like, I, I think they've got a good forward group. Their defense is – I mean, outs, I mean, Quinn Hughes might elevate it above that. Their defense might be the worst core in the league. That's, that's not on Bruce Boudreaux. That's on the team that was built for him. There's nothing he can do to help fix that. Yeah, you can you can shelter guys like Luke Shen when they're playing on Tampa with Victor Hedman. When you don't have a Victor Hedman in Tampa and Luke Shen is playing top four minutes, you're in for a bad night the God majority of nights. Cool. And we're seeing that. We're that's what we're seeing. And the blown leads to are, are a concern. I mean, I don't know how who you pin that on exactly. I think that's an inside the room problem that we wouldn't that we're not privy to that we can't really comment on but the blown leads are clearly an issue for that team and I, yeah i i don't know that's i th- this seems like it almost seems like a hit piece on bruce brudrow coming into the offseason they weren't they weren't giving them the vote of confidence like you said and then they really didn't make many moves to improve the team after a strong end to the season i mean they added um Kev, who hasn't been as advertised as the contract they gave him and kuzmenko has been terrific the, the past couple of games but to not make any moves on defense on a team that struggled defensively last year, I I don't know. It's just a weird time in Vancouver right now, and a team that's really struggled to find any kind of almost normalcy the past few years. Yeah, it's a shame. Oh, well. <laughs> Bring back the uh, Beret jerseys, then everything will be fixed. That, yeah. <laughs> unless, unless Pavel's played defense, I don't know if Burry's going to help anybody out there in Vancouver right now. Uh, quickly, you know, I kind of forgot about this, but let's go back to the Jet Stars game and, and just touch on a couple of notes there before we wrap up the episode. Mark Shifley's playing out of his mind right now. He, he's been so, so good. And, I mean, he wasn't all that far away from a five or a six-point night in this one. Uh, the, the the top line as a whole was buzzing. That That's the best Shifley, Connor, and Appleton have looked easily so far this season. Easily Appleton's best game of the year and maybe Connor's most standout game of the season for him. But Shifley just continues to look absolutely outstanding. He's playing like a top 10 centerman in the entire NHL right now. And then up front as well, good for Manalainen. Pumped yeah. to see him get a goal, right? Like he's he's been doing all the right things. He's been sniffing around. He's been close. It's always nice when a new guy like that doesn't have to wait another. Like if he goes 20 games without scoring, then it's like, oh my gosh, is he ever going to get one? But a nice tip there on the redirect. He's been playing good hockey, getting, you know, elevated further and further up the lineup. So I was pretty jacked to see Manaline and step up there. And then also have to give a shout out to, surprisingly, I don't know if you know this, one of the stingiest defense pairs in the NHL this year, Tice. 
Brandon Dillon and Nate Schmidt, they're amongst the league leaders in terms of expected goals against so far. And we're seeing what a lot of people thought might happen, that a more structured game is playing more towards Brandon Dillon's strengths. We're seeing the increase in activation by the defense playing a big role in Nate Schmidt's major improvement from where he was last season. I just think the team playing more aggressive as a whole suits both Schmidt and Dylan's games to a T and they're both at the same time as the team is playing better, taking their individual game to another level as well. Right. And, and Brendan Dylan had a couple struggles early on in the year, but like you said, I think he's really settled down nicely. And with Nate Schmidt, Nate Schmidt's been, I feel like the most underappreciated part of this Jets team so far this season. And I think that he's really elevated his game into being that top four guy that they made the move for last year. And I think Nate, uh, the, Dylan Schmidt pairing and fits good for Brendan Dillon too, because now he's not as responsible for making for pushing the puck up the ice as much. And I think that was one of the problems with him early in the season. I think he was maybe trying to make too too many pass, too many stretch passes, too many longer passes instead of you know kind of slowing it down, getting the puck to your puck moving D man, the guy whose strength is the is the puck moving. And I think that 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 D pairing has just gelled really nicely so far. Absolutely. A little I, a little concerned about Morrissey Pionk as a pairing. It's been a little too chaotic, I think, for my liking. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been lots of good, especially at the offensive end. A little, a little bit, a little too hairy inside their own end right now. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if they can turn it around. They, thankfully, they don't have to be as relied upon as maybe they would have been in years past because of how well Dylan and Schmidt have been. And then Demelo and Sandberg have been really strong as well a few turnovers that, that are kind of scary from Sandberg but he's been able to kind of reverse the trend after that and, and play pretty well but you know you, you would like to see maybe a little more steady play from from your top pairing in Morrissey and Pionk right now but not, nothing too crazy to worry about do you think Pionk is just trying to do too much right now I feel like sometimes especially on the zone exits it seems like he's almost second guessing himself Maybe making making an extra couple stick handles that you know he goes to make a pass and then he almost kind of double double fakes on it, pumps on it, and then kind of skates himself into some dangerous situations. I don't know. I just I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just I, like I, just pass the puck. Yeah, <laughs> like so sometimes you know, it, and, and hockey players do this all the time where they'll they'll and maybe it's just second guessing yourself. Whatever it is, they'll skate the puck, skate the puck, skate the puck, then pass it. Well, guess what? The puck always moves faster than anybody that's skating. So just pass it to begin with, and you're good to go, right? I I, I think a little more, I'm going to say simplification of the game. I don't mean puck off the glass and try to get it. I mean just instead of skating through one or two guys and then passing it, just pass it. Yeah. Right? Just quick passes. Forwards are in good spots. Just hit them. Let them have some fun offensively, and away we go here. But yeah. again, minor things to nitpick here with the team. Eight, three, to one, and absolutely curb stomp the Dallas Stars so we'll, we'll see we'll see how things go here as the schedule continues to get a little more interesting Jets hit it out on the road over the weekend for a back-to-back and then a few uh testy games to come in the uh days upwards here before American Thanksgiving and we'll get to that in our next episode but I do want to touch on a quick food note here Tyson as, as we've only got a few more minutes left in the episode because you're a big chip guy, right? Our, I, I would say our family is a big chip family. Huge. I think chips are the best snack out of all of them. I don't think it's a debate. I, I they're they're in a league of their. There's no point of debating because they're in their own league. 
I try not to have. I I almost don't even want to say how many chips I have, how many bags of chips I have a week. If I <laughs> if I can keep it under three, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I would say. But did you see the new Pringles? I did not. They oh, it's and I know you're a big fan of this. Um, hot ones. The, I, I assume everybody knows what Hot Ones is now, right? The the famous viral YouTube show with Sean Evans interviewing famous celebrities where they eat hot wings, different hot sauces. Collabing, Hot Ones is collabing with Pringles to create Hot Ones flavors. And the newest one, I now I don't know how many are out there. I probably should have researched this before. But Los Calientes, the, the hot sauce Los Calientes from Hot Ones is a Pringle flavor. That Ooh. I purchased today might be the goat Pringle flavor. Really, it's in the conversation. It, it is. I think it might be the best hot chip I've ever had. Like a, it, it's spicy but not too spicy. Tons of flavor. If you like Mexican spices, then you'll eat, like this chip is an absolute must buy. So it, it, it it's absolutely elite. I don't know which other flavors they have out there right now, but it got me thinking on two things. One. What are your thoughts on Pringles, just in general, in in the chip realm? I don't, you know, I don't mind Pringles. They've got some decent flavors. The what? I just hate the stupid tube, man. I hate like getting like halfway down the tube, and then like I've got a, a, I got decent sized hands, and I'm you're just cramming your hand in there. You're crunching up all like the last half of the chips, and I, I don't. I, I'll say I'll say they're mid. I'll say they're mid. Oh, that's you. You're damn young kids with this mid garbage <laughs> i i've been i've been trying to get pringles to listen to me for years on this just to have a a push like a push pop yeah. on the bottom of the can right like so you just push it through <laughs> instead of nice humble break too by the way i've got decent sized hands but just like something to just push it up so you're like right like you you dump the the can and then there's crumbs everywhere and you look like a slob I, I would agree with that. I'm I, I I can get down with Pringles. I I think they're I think they're an upper half chip brand. I wouldn't say they're the best, but I would say it's an upper half chip brand. I got no problem grabbing a tube or two, and it looks like Los Calientes Verde, Rojo, and then the classic Buffalo are the the hot ones Pringles flavors. So. I I get down. I think Pringles and Hot Ones missed an opportunity there. They should have made like a like a smaller tube, and they should have done a flavor of each hot sauce. And then oh, that's good. You open the top, you eat the first chip. That's the, that's the the least hot chip, and then each chip gradually gets hotter. I think I think that's, that's a missed good. opportunity right there. That's that's such a good idea. It sounds so implausible though. <laughs> like <laughs> like in a factory, one person like one chip. <laughs> We sell one can. We sell one can a month, and it's fifty eight dollars to buy. <laughs> but I do. That's a good idea. I do like that idea. Uh, now I, I want to ask one last chip related thing here because I've had. Maybe I should just go first. I have a chip take that has been percolating with me for months. Oh, and I haven't had the courage to come out and say it. And I don't know if anyone's going to believe me, but I just like. I had the Pringle chip. It was so good. I saw the brand or, or the bag that I normally get, and it just kind of clicked. And I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. I just got to come out and say it. It's kind of a two prong take, too. The best ketchup chip 
is not Old Dutch because Old Dutch has the most overrated ketchup chip flavor. Thank you. Let's go. Yeah, right? Let's go. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like, I love Old Dutch. Love it. But the ketchup chip is just not doing it for me. I, I, I think I think they have it, – it, it's good. It has been surpassed, though, by a few different brands. But I, I've just got to come out and say it. The best chip is somehow compliments brand. Wow. That is – that the best ketchup chip by a country mile is just compliments brand ketchup chips. It's in a blue bag. They, I mean, I mean, the sodium is probably like 800% of your daily intake. So they keep, but they like every chip is like crimson red. It, it's just, it's so loaded with ketchup seasoning and it's ripple too. And normally I don't like ripple flavored chips all the it is so freaking good. And I just, like, I have to come out and say, I hope there's more compliments, truthers out there like me. And maybe I'm the first to, like, we can kind of come out of our cave now and let it be known that this is the best chip. But I guarantee I guarantee you, there's so many people that are like, Old Dutch, Old Dutch, Old Dutch is the best. You do one of those blind taste tests, I guarantee you, people that have taste buds, Nine out of ten of them are going to pick the compliments brand over anybody else. Yeah, no, I, I think the old Dutch has like that nostalgia feel to it, where it's kind of like everyone that was like the chip everyone kind of ate growing up, and I think it's kind of you almost get that brand loyalty. But hey, maybe I might have to check out compliments. We might have we might have a diamond in the rough. The compliments crew, compliments crew, <laughs> let's do it. Just I, I I and I think maybe we should do this for one of our next episodes. But do a blind taste test. But then also what I want to do, I've never done it before. We should do the one chip challenge. Oh, God. And like do it at the start of the show. <laughs> and then just see see it. Like, I don't know what happens. I don't, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with hot stuff. But I've heard some horror stories about this. But I think, or even if we did like a punishment, like we each make a prediction and whoever's wrong like has to do the one chip challenge. I, I, I think we got to bring that into the fold for an episode soon. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, I'm down with that. Let's do it. Beauty. Ryan O'Reilly or Bo Horvat? Who comes to Winnipeg? One chip challenge. Come on, Bo. <laughs> we'll see if it happens before we get back at it with our next episode. I would say slightly unlikely, but you never know. Uh, but we'll uh, keep our eyes on that as we uh, get back to it at the end of the week here. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki with my co-host Tyson Rowicki from CJOB. We'll get back at it to close out the week on Friday morning. No Jets game to break down, actually, as they have a back-to-back out there on the road beginning Saturday against the Calgary Flames, followed by a matchup on the West Coast against the Kraken. So we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll come up with something special here. Again, maybe a one-chip challenge. Who knows where this thing goes? But we'll do something special here, talk some Jets, talk some food as well, and have a good time to get into the weekend. Until then, though, once again, thanks for tuning in. Catch us next time on Friday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe. Have a great time. Buy a a bag of compliments, ketchup, chips. Give it a go and see what happens. And we'll talk to you guys at the end of the week. Peace.